Hello, and welcome to TP's Music Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan Ford. And I'm Nick Replinger. And you can find us at our website, tpmusictalkpod.wordpress.com. And you can also find us at anchor.fm forward slash tpmusictalkpodcast and other major podcasting platforms by searching for TP's Music Talk Podcast. You can find us on other social media as well, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and others by searching for TP Music Talk Podcast or for TP Music Talk Pod on Twitter. Just look for our logo. And you can also email us at tpmusictalkpodcast at gmail.com. We also have shared playlists on Apple Music and Spotify that you can check out by searching TP's Music Talk Podcast as well. And don't forget to click the link in the description and leave us a voice message on Anchor. And feel free to leave us a message or a review anywhere you're listening. It really helps us out. And don't forget, donations are always appreciated. You can find a link to donate in the description of any of our episodes. No part of our show can be reproduced without permission or written consent. Hey Ryan, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, man. I'm hanging out with McKay. We're going to take a look at his latest engravings and talk about giveaways for I Engrave stuff. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Especially about those giveaways. And you know, I was on the internet the other day and I saw these ads for these other engraving services. And man, their prices are expensive. Yeah, man. A lot of those other engraving companies will charge you up the wazoo for things. But I've noticed that McKay's company, they have items that are priced very reasonably, making it affordable, especially this year, to get a personalized and really impactful gift. Get your parents something that is heartfelt with your signature, or you can even do a letter in your own handwriting on something. Oh yeah, that's right. And you can even send a scan of your handwriting on a letter, and they can engrave it onto a sign, a bottle, or whatever you can think of. The possibilities are endless with them. Yeah, and right now, if you're in the checkout area, you can type in TP10 in all caps in the promo code box, and you'll get an extra 10% off. A gift from us. Go to iengravestuff.com today. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Ryan, and this is Nick. Yeah, we're really excited to have you guys. We've got an awesome show lined up for you. We also have a few updates that we'd like to tell you about. Yeah, so our website, we've added some polish to, and uh, we're just trying to get things right there, particularly the mobile version of the website. So feel free to check that out if you have a second. We've been working on it quite a bit. Uh, we also have some updated playlists on Spotify and Apple Music, some updated descriptions, and we are aware that our Depeche Mode playlist is not working right now. Uh, we are working on getting that fixed. Uh, but yeah, enough announcements. Uh, let's go ahead and get into this. We have a very special guest today. Yeah, his name is McKay Wood. He plays hey. as the drummer for Blix Time with me on the band. And we also have a new single out called Raining Stars. He's got a couple thousand thousand streams on spotify almost three thousand yeah yeah Yeah. it's pretty good 3k um i listen to it all the time it's an amazing song and oh what else he also is kind of the ceo of a new company uh called i engrave stuff yes yeah so tell us about that man i started my own business kind of got my family involved it's a family business and it's called i engrave stuff we got a laser engraver and We'll do world-class engravings made with love. That's our tagline. Or Yeah, and if you guys want anything done, the sky's the limit with McKay. He's already done a couple products for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He made an anniversary gift for me to give to my girlfriend. It's totally yeah. custom made, yeah, and she yeah. absolutely loved had it. that and One Tree Hill. Yeah, because it's her favorite TV show. And that was a nice one. Well, and he's even done a couple things for... 
for us here at Transmitter, he's made me a water bottle that actually has our logo on it, the Transmitter logo, and nice. it's got his logo uh, underneath. I engraved stuff as well as his initials. Yeah, he yep. even made me a, a wireless phone charger with a Transmitter logo on it as well. It was yep, really yep. sweet. And I can make you one of those if you want. I would love one. I and don't honestly, know if your phone does wireless charging, but oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Technology, man. <laughs> yeah. So where can people find you to stuff? Oh, I engrave stuff on. Pretty much anything. I try to keep it simple, so just I engrave stuff on Instagram, Facebook, iengravestuff.com. That's our website. So iengravestuff.com/shop. Go to that one. Send us some money. We got some stuff coming out for you guys, so it'll be nice. Yeah. It, like we're really open to commissions. So if anybody has anything they want to try to engrave. We have a CO2 laser machine. So, it, I mean, it's not a fiber laser machine. It won't do metal, but it'll do pretty much anything else. It can do wood, glass, marble, what, aluminum. It can take the paint off, like if it's those Yeti cups. I did a few Yeti cups the other day. The hard part is we can do anything. <laughs> yeah, So we, <laughs> the sky is the limit, really. That's the hard part, like, I, I, it's just been a long, time coming and I'm glad it's here. Yeah, so if you guys want anything done, reach out to McKay and we also have him on here at the show today because he is also a huge EDM fan, which is our topic for today. Yeah. Electronic dance music, if you don't know what EDM stands for. Yeah, and thanks for you guys to flying out to my secret headquarters out here. <laughs> oh, it's thanks for bringing nice. us out in style. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for paying for us to come I, ho I hope first class was good enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. But well, well, maybe next time it might be a private jet, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I might get the G5 or maybe a G7. There if we're go. lucky, might get a G7, but <laughs> those are probably in the 50, 60 mils right now. <laughs> I don't want to spend that much money in a few years. In all seriousness, though, thank you so much for yeah. being on the show with us today. Thanks for having me. Um, and, and we hope to talk to you more about uh, merchandise for, for what we have planned, too. And uh, it, we're actually sitting right next to his CO2 laser machine right now. Yep. And, yeah, it does. Hope you can hear that, guys. You know. <laughs> Do a little thunk thunk on the laser here. Yep. But uh, it, yeah, so let's get into this. Um, we, we had some questions lined up, but it, McKay has done tons of research. Uh, he, he actually has like pages of stuff to go over with you guys today. And I think you're really going to enjoy this. So we're just going to kind of hand it over to him and just add in what we can. Let me just preface though. It might be dry. No, <laughs> no, few, no. In a few spots, we'll try to keep it entertaining. We'll try to keep it entertaining. But in a few spots, I think maybe stop me and say something funny because <laughs> we're covering a really really thick topic and thick with two c's you know what i'm saying like oh yeah it is true there it is, is a so much. thick topic and it's edm electronic dance music which that's such a broad topic that's like acoustic chill music you know like, yeah mm -hmm. there's yeah. so much you that know, goes into it uh, it's kind of hard to just smash it all into with a half hour 45 minutes an hour yeah but there's these, so many subgenres. yeah the they keep on branching, they'll take a sound from here and a sound from here, combine it, or like leave a part out, and that's what makes the beat, and it's like, they do some crazy stuff nowadays, and it's cool, because you, it's nice with Spotify and streaming nowadays, because you can go through quite a lot of music, and there's hundreds of artists, so being able to 
you know, stream stuff has really, I don't know, helped me be able to listen to a lot of artists that I probably wouldn't have found otherwise. But because we can just, you know, hear what they have to say, oh man, I've heard hundreds and like they branch. Like some of them are closer to others and then some are really far away from pretty much anything. Like they're really on their own planet in a sense, you know? So there seems to be a very wide spectrum of EDM music, but for those who are not familiar with it at all, how would you describe the definition of EDM music? Yeah, what is EDM if you could even try to describe it? <laughs> if I were to describe EDM, it's just so broad. But I know, like, if I were to describe it, I would say it's stuff you dance to. It's stuff to, if you're not bobbing your head, you're not doing it right. Yeah. You know? But how would you distinguish that from other types of music? Because other types of music can get you dancing. Yeah. But how, what makes it electronic dance music? Or what really sets it apart from maybe like pop or rock it's, or rap or R&B? It's probably not lyrics are not the big forte. It's more but of a they connection, right? Like, you know, um, like at concerts, it's it's the DJ connecting with the audience, creating sounds that bring everybody together. Like, it's not so much the vocals as it is the actual sounds that are created. Yeah, it's like they can take the vocals as another sound, and they can add tools to warp even that. And yeah. it's these tools on their software that is being able to really change sound and really get what they want. Yeah. And so almost kind of like an augmented reality for, pretty much. for, for it, the ears. Yeah, mm. it's like they, it's hardcore visualizing. Yeah. Hardcore thinking, man, I want to really capture that thought or that feeling. And I, I like the thought of the zip file theory. Or have you ever heard of the zip file theory? I haven't. Why don't you go ahead and tell it's us? It's kind of like how artists and mediums can create a thing, and it's almost like a zip file. All they do is compile a thing, and the people open it, and it unleashes all these feelings and what the person has put into the music. Kind of like a zip file. Almost like pure creativity, right? Like yeah, yeah, pure creativity. Which is, I I know I'm dreaming of becoming a producer in the future. I know I don't have the software right now to currently bend and use the tools, and I don't really know how to use that right now. Yeah. But I know I want to in the future. I kind of got the laser stuff going right now. That's what I got a major in. Like I, I'm putting photos on real like well, when you have your band on too. I mean, then we got yeah. the band. I'm you know drummer on Blix Ten. Shout out Blix Ten. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so fun. And I forgot where we were going. Well, <laughs> yeah, hey. so, yeah. So you know, I guess that's like a EDM is very broad, but. Pretty much it's anything that's a lot makes it dance and it's music. And so going on to the next question is, how did you discover EDM music? What kind of got you into it? What made you decide, I really like this and I love this genre and style of music? Well, I think it was a merge of the culture. Like, I didn't necessarily understand what EDM was. Or like, I didn't care to figure it out either. Like, yeah. I liked music. I liked good music. That's what I would say. So I'd hear a Rascal Flatts song, and my parents really loved that, and I, I loved them too. Mm. And then I heard these other songs, and I loved them too. And then you just get into EDM, and it's these 
they go deeper onto what you love. Like you loved this part of this song, we'll hear this song because they do it but a little more. Like, yeah. and then you find another artist and all of their songs sound like that or they use techniques that sound like that mm. and you just found another artist that you're gonna follow. And then you see similar artists and it just branches and there's so many subgenres that it's almost hard to really pin people down. Like so, what are a few of the, of the other subgenres in EDM music? There's, well it started back with disco. So there's disco music that kind of branched into what we know as EDM today. There's things known as synth pop, which I'm not sure of an example for synth pop, but there's synth pop tech no house music, trance music, drum and bass, dubstep, trap, hardstyle nowadays, like hardcore rave music. And then you have the spin-offs and like genre mixing, you know, uh, you can find electronic music in new metal, you can find it in uh, metal everywhere. today, uh, rock music, pop, like uh, hip hop, it's, it's just kind of everywhere. And I think that really shows how it's kind of influenced not just people that like electronic music, but different cultures and different genres of music. Yeah, it's getting everywhere. And nowadays, you can't see a number one, like, the top five hit without it having some type of influence from EDM. Unless it's, like, a mainstream Metallica song that they released, you know, that might not have too many things that are EDM. It's still Metallica. But mm -hmm. if it's, I don't know, Selena Gomez, she releases a new song with Marshmallow. Justin Bieber. Complete merge. And me, I've seen Marshmallow live a few times, so I kind of know what to expect from his music. So before even hearing the Selena Gomez song with Marshmallow, I kind of had an idea of what it might sound like. Mm. Then I listened to it. It was exactly what I thought it would sound like. Just a flavor of the many flavors it could have been. That's just what it is. Yeah. So to me, it sounds like that EDM is more of you hear one thing, but then the future EDM goes, how can I change this? How can I make it sound better? Or how can I make it sound different? Yeah. And it's just an evolution of music. And that's basically what EDM music is. It's electronic music that evolves. Constant. And it's been evolving ever since the 70s. 70s, they had people like, what's his name? Daft Punk. They were helping George McRae make a song called Rock Your Baby back in 1974. And that was like Daft Punk use a Roland rhythm machine, like a drum machine, to make the beat. And George McRae just sang over it. And he just did a little doo-bop type sing on top of it. And it was EDM. And people like, I think it was received well back in the time because they also had Donna Summer's synthesized disco hit, I Feel Love which, you know, I can't think of what that sounds like, but it's back in the 1970s. Right. And so. I, you know, I'm born in 1995, I'm 23 years old. Yeah, you know, we're, we're all 90s <laughs> kids, you know, so it's been around a lot longer than we all have, but it seems like it started off from disco and then come all the way to modern times. You know, where do you think that EDM music is going? Where it's going? I, th <laughs> I mean, personally, I think it's gonna take over because I don't see EDM as having an actual structure. Like, it's not an actual thing. Every song nowadays is made electronically. Yeah. So any song is technically 
E-M, if not E-D-M, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it wasn't meant to dance to, then I guess those are <laughs> the other songs. But I, I think I see what you're saying. You like, know what I mean? It, stuff is getting kind of more uh, like synthetic sounding and, and electronic sounding in every across every genre. So I, I think in a way it already is taking over. Yeah, I, I think that you're exactly right. I think it's just going to continue to permeate all music as we go forward. Yeah, and I, I've I remember growing up not thinking much about EDM, not really caring, and. I really liked a certain song, and I thought that song is what EDM is, and it was the Darude song called Sandstorm. You ever heard that? I haven't, but like, I don't think so. I mean, maybe I have. I just need to hear it. <laughs> right, right. Like it's. I think if I played it, I'm pretty sure you'd be like, "Oh yeah, this one." Yeah. But I used to think, man, that is EDM, and so that carried with me. And what I found out now. Now I understand it as like electro is mm -hmm. what it's actually the subgenre. Mm -hmm. But I thought electro was what EDM was. Like it has to have like electric, like zappy type sounds in it or like electric EDM. Yeah. But I don't know. Right after high school, I think my life changed and I was in the structure of high school and then you're out of it and then you get to choose. And when I was choosing, then I got to find music that I really enjoyed. Mm. And most of it was in the EDM culture. Well, which is why we wanted to talk to you about this because, you know, Nick and I, we aren't very educated when it comes to EDM. And we've done a few episodes on like rock music and stuff so far, which is kind of our forte. But it's so nice to talk to someone who is really involved in that genre and really get a good education and honest opinion about it. So Yeah, and so that's another aspect of its history that I would like to get into is more of the culture that comes along with EDM music. Well, there's... It's a double-edged sword because a lot of the culture would probably say it's drug-fueled in a sense. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say because I don't want to consider myself a drug-fueled raver because I don't really do that. <laughs> like me mm -hmm. and my friends are the sober friends. We'll go and brag about being sober and a lot of people find that to be weird. Like you're LDS and you rave that's weird and it's like we love the music that much like that's why we're here yeah and, just very passionate about it yeah and we're at our mental wits enough to maybe help someone who's fallen over or, you know like we're safe people to be at a rave like we can help out if a problem happens near us and you actually remember the experience after yeah, it's over <laughs> that's what i was going through all these pictures on my you know i got the google photos and i was going through it all and i was like i remember that i remember that and i was like i remember them all i don't have things that i just don't remember and that's it's scary that some people have those yeah and, and not to like hijack you, I, I want you to stay on you know your topic, but would you say that people do that because it is like a purely creative art form? They want to escape? Like, why would you say it is that so many people that are involved in this genre deal with drugs and things like that? I think it's just, it's a part of life and it's unleashed as soon as you're there. Hmm. When you're going through society, especially, you know, where we're from, Utah County, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are not really in a scary place. Like, it sucks to say for other people to say that they're in a scary place, but some people do live in kind of scary places. And 
remind me where we were going. Oh yeah. So like, it, would you say that it the reason people are so involved with drugs when it comes oh, to this oh. genre? Yeah. Yes, I was gonna bring up a leash thing. I I think when you go to school and you come back, you got a curfew. Everything that's going, you got a leash on your neck. You know. Hmm. Most kids grow up with that, and they dream of the day they turn 18 where they can take that leash off, and now their life is theirs. Like, I find that to be a little bit concerning, because some people, they need to not be so bold. <laughs> they need that leash a little longer. They, they need or... to recognize the importance, or the why of the leash, hmm. rather than the why not of yeah. the leash like because they're just dreaming of getting off and i've seen i have a lot of high school friends that i've seen like wow their parents were really strict mm. and they get out of it they're living in, on their own they go deep into like some dark stuff and it's like dude i get it but recognize your parents were trying to help yeah. So you know, do you think it was more of a, an escape for them or they were just trying to more rebel against the lifestyle that they grew up with? Yeah. Like, yeah, probably that. Like they aren't truly addressing that they need or that they had things going wrong. If they never address that they even had a leash, they're just thinking, oh, as soon as I get through my parents, like I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And that's kind of scary because I wouldn't trust myself to do whatever I want because I've learned you got to really control everything. And if you just let go, some people, they just, they just say, I don't care. Yeah. And they just drop and it just spirals and it just like, dude. <laughs> it's a dangerous road. You can believe in yourself and know there's a better tomorrow. Yeah. Get those through your skull and... So, so would you say that the reason, it, you know, someone coming out of high school, the leash gets taken off, you know? Yep, yep. Uh, and when you go to a rave, most people that invite friends to a rave, I guess it doesn't matter if they're going because they like the music or for recreational activities. But either way, whenever that person gets there, they found a new playground mm -hmm. that they can do whatever they want because of the creativity that comes from the genre and then the way it makes you feel and the connection, would you say? Is that what you would say would draw people to that? Because people can have that leash, but what makes them go to EDM specifically to experience this newfound freedom then? Yeah, yeah. I think EDM is just capitalizing on it more. Like they have the bigger sets. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's an actual set, like an hour long of good music. Yeah. Some artists will take 25 minutes to finally show up, you know, like it's kind of a mess for other artists. Yeah. But these EDM guys, they're on top of their stuff. You they, have to be, right? I mean... I mean, DJ Khaled over at EDC 2017, I watched him get booed off stage. That was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Everyone, like, he tried to get the crowd to chant, DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled, and then it was instantly yellow claw yellow claw yeah. and then like five seconds after that lights went out and about 10 minutes after that boom yellow um, claws starts up and it's like yeah you should tell our audience like the kind of the background story so they know why he got booed that you oh, know because yeah dj Khaled. well it was a few things he did wrong he he claims that he was being got sabotaged 
and he I didn't show up to the entirety of his set but I showed up towards the end and it was 55 minutes in to his set when he showed up yeah very late so he had technically like five minutes left and then he has the audacity to play his one song or his two songs that he says three things on and then he goes to the next song and there's another period of silence and then he looks at the crowd and he's like come on guys this is california and then california loves bumps up and then starts playing and we're like dude we're in las vegas right now (laughs) (laughs) terrible the, the entire crowd like i heard everyone around me like Las Vegas, California. What? <laughs> Are you that far into your? You don't even know where you're you know, at. Like, yeah. I get you got keys, you got you got influence, but you gotta provide good, meaningful content. Yeah. And be professional when the time comes. And, and maybe you know to. To his credit, maybe he was just having a bad day. Maybe he... We don't be. know what was going on in I the I mean, background. it was super hot. It, it was EDC 2017 down in Vegas, and it got to like 98 in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. hot. It was like in the hundreds during the middle of the day. I think a guy died on the first day in the hard style. Oh, really? Wow. He was at the hard style stage, and I think overheated or something. It was hot to be sardined in a group and they're jamming to hard style yeah. and whatever drugs were involved. Yeah, that's not a recipe for... It was intense. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, I remember there were like 100 felony arrests a day or something. It was wow. like 300 felony arrests total or maybe 200. It was like an insane amount. Well, and to kind of steer you back, um, it, like with the whole creativity, I, I guess what I was trying to ask, like, how, how does, um, did, did it start out that way where, where drugs were so involved in this genre or or was it something that just kind of came about due to the way that they made their sets and the way their, their music is? Well, let me, <laughs> I'm going to go off the fly on this one because I listened to a podcast. It's back-to-back podcast with Willie Joy. Shout out back-to-bad, back-to-back podcast. <laughs> podcast you guys are great he does interviews with artists and a lot of them are edm artists Mm. and he talked to one named destructo and destructo i've actually seen he does house music and i've seen him probably three times and i didn't realize it but in his interview he talked about starting edc like he was the main kind of one of the main guys who started what is now electric daisy carnival Mm. And it started out with like a Mickey Mouse LSD club in a sense. And so it was kind of highly drug influenced as far as just EDC. Yeah. Just because some of our audience members may not know, what is EDC or like, uh, can can you kind of talk about that? It's Electric Daisy Carnival. It's a festival. They have them everywhere. There's EDC Japan, EDC Mexico, EDC... um, I can't blank it. Just there's a there's different a bunch locations of all over the world. Yeah, right? yeah, all over the world. And EDC Vegas, Las Vegas is one of those bigger ones. Hmm. In the 2017 one that I went to, they had three. It's a three-day concert. Uh huh. And shows they got eight stages, so eight artists are performing at at all times. And it's in the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, taking up the entire speedway. <laughs> You, you park <laughs> way out yonder and get a shuttle there, or you can Uber there. And it 
takes like 60 bucks. It's insane. But you get there and it's just a wonderland and wonderland as in there's lights and circus type things everywhere and there's art everywhere and there's carnival rides everywhere there's ferris wheels and they're all lit up there's fireworks i've okay i've been to stadium of fire here at, in provo utah yeah which is amazing and Lots I thought, of fireworks. i thought that was pretty neat it was nothing compared to edc <laughs> Lots, lots of lights, fireworks, just... Just the fireworks for just Porter Robinson's mm. set. He had like two sets of fireworks go actually during his set. Yeah. But just one of those sets of fireworks was 10 times more magnificent than Stadium of Fire. And I'm not kidding. Well, that's it saying something because like, Stadium of Fire is supposed to be one of the largest 4th of July you know, fireworks displays in the country. It yeah. was intense. And like every stage, like there were probably one huge stage that the main guys would play on, like Marshmallow, Martin Garrix, Tiesto. He was bumping Tiesto when I was watching Porter Robinson over at Cosmic Meadow. It was a different stage. Mm. We were watching it from the bleachers and it was magical because like we could still feel the bass because it's so loud and then boom fireworks right above it yeah. they're spelling out edc like they're spelling out they're drawing flowers you can see daisies out of the fireworks <laughs> i i didn't think that stuff existed yet they're doing it in 2017 like yeah and I, I was blown away. I got a whole video on my YouTube channel from it. It was like, I might have got Yellow Claws fireworks, actually. Yeah. But it was the same thing. It was amazing fireworks. And it, I think that's what a lot of this EDM is coming to. Like, mm -hmm. the reason we're going out to these shows is the production. Like... The art behind it. It's an art. Not only the sound, but how the DJ is mixing the sound together. And that's just on the audio. Hmm. Then you got visuals. They got the whole screen, like the entire stage is a screen pretty much. Yeah. So the visuals are everywhere. I remember Yellow Claw, it was doing like some black and white thing and it was like kind of hard to look at. Yeah. Cause the entire like 40, 50 foot stage, like that's football field is huge. And the whole thing is blaring and then Yellow Claw is going hard. And it's just like the craziest thing. And you're just watching from the bleachers and you just see the sea of people you look and it should be grass. Kind of looks like a peachy grass, but you got to remind yourself that's people because you see these totems and flags sticking out. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, that's a lot of people because 180,000 a day was how many they were bringing in. 180,000 a day. So it sounds like it gravitates towards a lot of people and there's a big culture and the way it's presented and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then that kind of draws into my next question is, are there a lot of misconceptions about EDM and its culture? Yeah, probably it's just a rough thing to try to convey is it's the drug thing. Like yeah. there's people like us who don't do drugs at these shows. Mm. Yeah, we exist. We really <laughs> like these artists. Mm. I love getting front row. And a lot of these shows, like, it's never reserved seating. It's just a stage, and then there's a rail, and then open space. Most of these shows, like, I went to DOS Energy 2019 just barely in August. 
I got Quix up front on the rail. Quix is one of my favorites nowadays. He's doing a lot of bass, bass stuff, trap bass. Heavy bass yeah. and, yeah, okay. He does a lot of, kind of like Troy Boy, who we're seeing tonight. We're seeing Troy Boy. Oh, really? Yeah, You're going to a concert tonight? Yeah, we're going to a concert tonight. Oh, we didn't think crazy. we were gonna go, go, but Troy Boy is coming, and my wife got tickets. So we're gonna go. There you That's go. That's awesome, man. <laughs> it, well, and it, yeah, I, I guess to kind of go back to, uh, it all comes back to the culture of it, right? And we were talking about creativity and just, yeah, the way that it's presented, I think, because you've got so many people out there that are just say things like, you know, EDM, there's no vocals. What's the point of this? It's just the same beats over and over and over again. You know, there really is, it is an art and it takes skill to produce music like oh, that. Have you ever tried to make a song on like Logic Pro or something? <laughs> no. Like GarageBand even. <laughs> Would like, not be up my alley If you all. just take loops and put them together, then you might understand how hard it is. Cause GarageBand is simplified. What they're doing is they're adding plugins that modulate this and then plugins that modulate that. Plugins that do a filter wah, so it's a wah 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 rather than a bah. You know, like it's, they take sounds and chop them up and do what they want with them, and then they'll make a beat out of that. Adding software on top of software and... So, like, there used to be a time where you could almost mimic these songs and make them, hmm. like, acoustically, but it's getting beyond that point with some of these songs. We got people like Rez, who's, I think, from came out from Dead Mouse. Uh, this girl named Rez. She makes these really nice beats, and I, I remember seeing a video, and she was doing the sound engineering on those beats. Hmm. And so she'd use Massive or something to create it, and then she'd be like, how's this sound? And like, she's making every sound, you know? Yeah, They're take really taking sound, her time with it. And they craft each sound, and then they put each sound in the right spot to make the beat, and it's just a symphony. It's modern day Mozart, you know? It's exactly what they were doing, but I think Mozart might have been more structured. Like they got ups and downs and valleys and rivers and you know. Yeah, well because we have different tools today that enable us to create different types of sounds like that. Back then, it was a lot harder to. And yeah. everything was you know, all acoustically done. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't even have computers. Yeah. It's a crazy world, you know, just to see how where we've gone way back, you know, to the Baroque period, all the way to you no know, modern pop and EDM and rock and roll and everything. And just how yeah. everything changes. I mean, even going all the way from the sixties where the where rock really was born on to see how different it is today. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's even the way that when EDM started with disco music back in the seventies and how it's evolved into today. Yeah. And how yeah. would you say, you know, with that evolution of music Music and the way that technology is changing so rapidly it was just within the last couple decades how do you think it's also affected just regular modern-day society and culture well I think we've seen I don't know in the past 10 years there's been a real rise of hip-hop at least I've seen it I don't know if it's because I've been <laughs> neck deep in hip-hop for 10 years or now <laughs> no I, I agree but, I mean the the trap style hip-hop yeah, you know triplet beat trap and... is where the edm kind of crossover came in because there was hip-hop we're talking like jurassic 5 with charlie tuna and it's old school they got beats and they just got rhymes and rhythms and it just flows and then it goes from that 
I got too many thoughts, man. It just goes everywhere. <laughs> well, no, I mean... No, uh, no, just take it one little bit out of time, but... It just goes everywhere. Because it, it permeates everything. Like, it, it's such a hard topic to cover. It, when I think hip-hop and, like, how it kind of progressed, so it, which, granted, this isn't a hip-hop episode, but, yeah. you know, you've got, like, N.W.A. and Dr. Dre that, that yep. came up with these new and different-sounding beats, um, still kind of using acoustic yep. styles, piano and... Yeah, G-Funk, exactly. Um, but, you know, then it progressed even more, and as EDM became more popular, I feel like it started to bleed into hip-hop, and, you know, now you have artists like Post Malone that use... Posty! Yeah, very uh, electronic-type sounds. Austin Post, if I find your house in Utah, I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a house in Utah somewhere here. I didn't even know that. I would guess Park City, if yeah. I was taking Or maybe guess, Sundance or something like yeah. that. Something. It looked like a log cabin type of look, so... Yeah probably right but uh yeah and i guess uh, other questions that we had about it and and one that i personally had going into this um and and maybe we've already covered it a little bit but some of my first recollection of edm music and listening to it was uh listening to skrillex Skrillex. yeah the the dubstep (laughs) and i was really curious on how that has kind of impacted the EDM genre and like whether it is even is part of EDM or or yeah what would you have to say about that I think Sonny Skrillex took it to the next level like if there is a level that was taken to and he took it to the next makes sense yeah <laughs> all right cuz I remember my my friend Matt he used to listen to him in his other band cuz Skrillex was in a, a rock band I, I forget the name of it but he was the lead singer mm. and he actually got vocal cancer like throat cancer oh um, wow and he couldn't do the singing anymore or at least this is what I've understood either that or my may, friend may or lied to be. me yeah yeah one of those that's two. okay I mean but I came to believe that okay Skrillex got throat cancer started Skrillex because he wanted to keep making music somehow and man I dove deep into Skrillex like that first scary monsters and nice sprites album yeah. That's one I remember. That was, it's legendary, but he wasn't alone. There were others that were doing similar things, Mm. but the impact that those songs had, Mm. like, that was like the first thing that was like trending on Twitter, it feels like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, it felt like the first thing that was in a meme or like in a vine. Yeah, it was very new and fresh. It was one of those first. Yes! Oh my! Like, <laughs> and that using a YouTube video, yeah, like and that was. Use that. Yeah. <sighs> Which, um, for those of you who don't know, that song "Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites," there was a YouTube video as YouTube started getting big that uh, was trending, um, yeah. and it was of a lady. I think it was she was yelling at a bunch of kids. Just she was very over the top. Is, yeah, is that the? Not, am I? I don't think I've ever seen that oh, original okay. thing. Well, I, I could be wrong, but he took it from a trending YouTube video, this audio, and he mixed it into one of his songs, which I don't even know if that had been done before, really. It might have been done, but just the splash that he made with that... It's probably was, what kind of launched really, into popularity then. It got a lot of people wet in EDM. Yeah. <laughs> like, splash! And then it was kind of everywhere. Like, drops were happening. He was kind of the name of the drop, because there was also that Benny Benassi cinema... Cinema. Oh, I've yeah. watch it forever. Mm. With that drop, man. <laughs> I only had a few songs downloaded to my phones at those times because you had to like save it as a file. 
to your phone and like keep it. That was one of those songs. Yeah, back in like the mm-hmm. LimeWire days where you Cinema. had to get it off your computer and yep. get it on your phone, sync it. <laughs> it would be one of the only choices I had on ring. Which we know nothing about, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Ryan. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you. <laughs> And then so Skrillex, and another thing that I think is interesting about Skrillex is you had people, people now, like I have a coworker at work that when I talk about Skrillex, he's like, yeah, I don't like dubstep anymore. Like I really liked Skrillex when it came out, when he came out, yeah. but dubstep just isn't my thing anymore. And like, yeah. was dubstep kind of like a turning point, almost like new metal was for rock where like some people really loved it, but other people. Uh, when they look back on it, they're kind of like ashamed that they yeah, never like, liked that oh, kind of this music. Is a, yeah, I guess some people could be ashamed for liking it, but like that early dubstep stuff. Yeah. Then there's me. I'm just, I wear it on my shoulders. Like I love dubstep. Yeah, Anything proud. that goes hard, like like I don't care if it's got a build up that takes forever. Like whatever you presented for me, if I can take a pre guess of what's gonna happen. Have you ever been listening to a song you've never heard, but then you like guess where the drop is and you don't, you predetermine that you're gonna dance, but and then you don't know where the stuff. drop is. <laughs> so you're like t- kind of taking a guess, but that magic when you dance to the drop that you've never heard before, I get chills every time, man. Mm. Like, especially when it's one of those songs that you're like, Oh, yeah, you know, like... Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely one of, the, one of those genres of music when you just feel the vibrations hits you. You can't help but just move. Yeah. Like you just gotta, and that's why, you know, it's called, you know, electronic dance music because you can't just sit there and listen to whether it's yeah. on your headphones or at a big, huge festival concert and it's coming at the big speakers just blaring at you. You gotta move. You gotta dance. You gotta just, yep. you gotta move. <laughs> I can usually tell how much someone likes a song how much they're moving to it yeah like if they're just straight silent not moving i don't think they like the song but if they're even doing like the smallest of head nods yeah maybe even to like a half beat anything if they're moving at all that's a sign that the song is good it's connecting with them it's doing something and the thing is a lot of people, when they don't listen to EDM, like I'm not a big, huge EDM fan, but I still recognize that it's good music because I don't think anybody who who's even even heard of EDM with things that are like, oh no, that no, that's dumb music because they can hear that music. There's no way they're not gonna want to move. I mean, like it's just. If it's not your cup of tea, it's still gonna have you moving just because of the type of music that it is and the everything that you feel. Because I don't what I hear, hear and feel like even just sitting in the car, I can feel it like vibrating, you know, my insides. And I just wanna move to it. It makes it easy to move in what it leaves. Or, you know, it declares a beat and I think it's a sine wave, right? Yeah, and I think that's something that even if people say that they hate EDM, they can't not move to it. It's exactly. just something that you can't. And I, I find it funny because I'll try to dance to anything because <laughs> I notice how people don't dance to things and I think I subconsciously therefore dance to everything yeah <laughs> so all I will hear I don't know the iPhone jingle and I'll be like 
It'll like do that little shimmy. Yeah. You know, I'm just like I find little dances in everything, and I think that's it helps, or maybe being a drummer influenced that, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, you being a drummer. Yeah. Oh, how do you feel like you know being a drummer and you're finding your love of EDM? Do they like coincide each other, or did one influence you to like another? one of those two more or I, th I think they go hand in hand because like when I play the drums I'm throwing my arms that are holding things at things in time mm. and that's honestly all I'm doing when I'm dancing I'm throwing my arms at things but they're invisible like I'm kind of just yeah. dancing to nothing but it's to the music it's to the time it's to the beat so I'm doing the same thing it's drumming but dancing you know like, and that's something you grew up liking yeah, and enjoying it's just rhythm yeah I remember I I only took drum lessons for like two years and then I just well and then I was in a group class for like four and I, that's where I met Joe okay yeah. that's where we got the Krong five going together and then <laughs> we were then in Blix 10 and now we're here yeah and I remember well, and then not to not to kind of like steer away, but to kind of take it back to like the history, because I'm curious. You said it started with like Daft Punk. I, I think you mentioned uh, like David Guetta. Yeah, um, Swedish House Mafia. So, and it originated from disco music, you said. Yeah. Which is funny. People look back at disco music and like, oh, disco was a terrible time for music, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because without disco music, it sounds like we wouldn't have this awesome EDM that permeates everything today. Yeah. Yep, I think it's... I don't see why people diss so much on disco. Yeah. Because I, I enjoy disco. Yeah, I, well, you know, I, like, I mean, everybody <laughs> at least knows BG's staying alive, and everybody of knows course. that. Yeah. I like Nights on Broadway better, but... <laughs> yeah, but, me. yeah. But, of course, you know, there's other ones, too, but that's one that everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what would you say is, like, the next step? Because, you know, we have disco music, then we have this rise of, you know, a little bit more electronic music coming to light with Daft Punk and... And then know, it... I think it goes straight into the Chicago house type of scene. Chicago house. So Chicago, what's the Chicago house scene? I think Chicago was a big main area, at least for a house, like the house portion. There was a few people to come from there, like Cascade. Mm -hmm. He was from Chicago and he used to do a bunch of those shows there. And he's actually LES, he went on a mission. Oh cool. He went to Japan yeah. and he, he still talks about it with like fidelity, he's nice about it. Yeah. So it's just cool. But the house music in Chicago turned into, well, everything kind of flocked to Los Angeles. And everything kind of does nowadays. Seems like. It seems a lot like. Happening in Cali. As, as soon as you go to Los Angeles, like, that's where you get into these things. That's how you get onto Hollywood. It's like the doorstep of Hollywood. Yeah. As soon as it got there, I think it just exploded. As soon as Skrillex, he came up and dropped his music, and then all the songs after it were turning like dubstep, and yeah. hitting the top charts, and it well, was just cool to watch. I, I don't know if I had already mentioned this, but you've got like, you know, Skrillex did an album with Korn, who, you know, Korn was very new metal, and then when Skrillex came out and was so new and uh, popular, then that's when you get some more of the genre mixing that you still see today. You've got like I See Stars that yeah. has very techno and electronic type beats over their metal and it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. And 
people like Icy Stars is like maybe like Figure or Midnight Tyrannosaurus. Those are some DJs that do music that are, it's darker, it's, I don't know, Halloween music? Yeah, more grimy. Yeah, okay. horror type. It's a good time to be talking about that. It's October. Yeah, well, October, <laughs> birthday coming up. I turned uh -huh. 24 in two days, sir. Hey, happy birthday, hey, man. A little early. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Getting things going. Yeah. Wait, are you doing anything fun for your birthday? Or? We're doing Troy Boyd tonight. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Celebrating. That's that's all I know so far. That's all you need, right? It sounds like. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, so we've talked about really... Know a lot of different things about EDM music. Is there any other things that you feel like people should know about EDM music before we kind of wrap things up? Or uh, anything else about the culture or the history or, you know, maybe shout out some of your favorite uh, EDM type artists. I, I would love to hear so we can check them out. I would say people just need to be, be interested with the music. Like, don't just say, I'm listening to EDM today. Like, no, just break down those barriers and it's music. Just see what this artist put together. It's mm. a person or a group of people. And when they do it well, they do it well. Yeah. And I I feel like a connoisseur of good music because there's some good people and they do it well. And if music's a drug, dude, Spotify can give you a good fix. But so have true. you ever seen SoundCloud? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they, a lot of these DJs are posting full mixes on SoundCloud mm. and it's free like SoundCloud's free to use with ads I think but you can get their full sets and some of these sets are mind-blowing yeah like they're incredible and for free it blows my mind people like E. Cali his E-K-A-L-I he's a DJ he's from like Vancouver and he travels all over the world now he makes great music he's got a, or a Twitter thing it's a, Ikali's plant. Okay, like a, a thread or. Yeah, I've, have you ever? You guys are pretty local to Twitter, correct? Or no, I've never used Twitter. So. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I manage uh, transmitters Twitter account, so I kind of have yeah, to be nice, a little bit nice, involved. Nice. <laughs> well, I've noticed a, a trend. The if you're an EDM artist, you have a Twitter. Yeah. I think that's oh. like a typical thing, and. If they do use a Twitter, some of them are having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And it's really cool to see because you'll see the other EDM artists mimic it. So San Holo has his, I think it's his snare. No, San Holo's something has oh. an Instagram. Medicine's snare has an Instagram. Ikali's plant has an Instagram. Mm. Like all these random things have Instagrams, but they're just ran by the same EDM artist. Yeah. And I oh, think really? it's just another way to branch out through social media. Yeah, get and those think, multiple accounts going. Yeah. And people like Quix, he's from Australia. He does those, you know, the trap, hardcore, not hard style, but trap, mm -hmm. deep bass stuff. I love his stuff. I saw him on the rail and it's just amazing to see and to feel because if you feel it like you're at those concerts and the bass is just shaking your heart insides and everything yeah and it feels cool and when you see the artists that you've been listening to like you just discovered this guy and you're you like everything he's made and then you see him live that's just a one two three it's awesome yeah you know and when you have EDM how it is it's structured to be in these festivals so you see multiple people that's why I see like I've said I've seen people three times or seen them twice or yeah like because I was able to 
notice they were on stage and go watch for a little bit. Yeah. Like I didn't see just them and their entire thing, but I saw them. That's why I'm able to say so many and a lot of people that do raves, they get to that point where like, oh, I'd, I'd wanna go, but I've already seen that guy like three times, so I'm not too excited to go. I kind of meet with Zed's Dead. I've seen Zed's Dead probably five, six times. So you've you've had the experience. And so when they're headlining a show, I'm just like, well, it's Zed's Dead. You know, like they're one of the greatest mm. of EDM, and I'm just not excited because I. It's a mix of I know the music and I know what crowd. Yeah. Because you also get a different crowd per artist. So those hardstyle crowds where that guy passed away in mm. those are a little much like i don't think i would be in those crowds rather than to just like make sure people are safe like because yeah. i'm a yeah. big guy but some of them like troy boy tonight i know it's gonna be awesome because mm. the people that go to troy boy are awesome yeah you know because it just attracts that kind of people right? yeah, yeah. It, if they have a certain type of sound it'll attract that certain type of people and if it doesn't have sound it won't attract those people you know, like so, it's, like it's nice with EDM. It's it sounds like you know you have these festivals and things where so much art and music is shared, and you have multiple stages and sets with all these different uh, artists coming through and kind of doing their own thing, and each one of them has a different flavor. I yeah. think that's something that in a way is kind of unique to this particular genre of music, because um, I I don't know, like when a a rock band comes through and is doing a tour or something, a lot of times it isn't like that. Like each rock band has a different flavor too, but I feel like with EDM, it's so much more, it, it evolves a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's more avenues to take. Yeah. Like you don't expect visuals at an Avenged Sevenfold concert, or maybe. No, uh, they, they, I mean? they have lots of visuals on their concerts. I okay, saw them yeah. about two years ago, but I definitely say it would be a different kind of visual yeah. going to an Avenged Sevenfold concert, or maybe like you know, some of the other EDM artists that you mentioned. Like, like, EDM, going to, like going to that big EDM you know, festival in Las oh. Vegas, where you said it was just like the whole stage was a screen. I mean, like yeah. a lot of concerts <laughs> still have visuals too, but I think it's a different kind of visual, different kind of aspect of music, and so it has a different yeah. kind of culture and feel to it. It. Yeah. Yeah. Another question that I wanted to ask that we both did, who would you say is kind of on top of the genre right now? Like, would it be Marshmallow? I, I don't know. Is there anyone that is just very popular? On top? Marshmallow? I mean, yeah. if we're talking just pure money. And popularity and... Because we can look at actual stats of what they're getting paid, too. Yeah. Mar like, Dead Mouse, million a show, you know? Mm -hmm. Marshmallow, probably up there. Yeah. And so when you're making that much a show and you can do two shows a weekend, a money, money ain't a thing if I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got it. And they're just playing games now. And do you even know about Marshmallow and the Benches? No. Um, the Benches is a group that they've known each other since college or high school or something. They kind of grew up with each other. They call themselves the Benches. Hmm. And it's ben a Benches, B-E-N. B-I-N-C-H-E-S. Oh, okay, gotcha. Benches. And they, I think it was last year, the Benches performed at EDC or Ultra Miami or something. Mm -hmm. But it was like, they actually performed. And it's Kazo, Yoltron, .com, and OK. I've heard of .com. I haven't heard of any of those others. OK but. did the Thief song with the... Doo, 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 doo. 
not familiar. <laughs> okay. I'll have to yeah, check them out, though. You're going to be the crazy guy doing this? No, no, you're Yoltron good. Yoltron is actually opening for Troy Boy. Ah, oh, so that's go. really neat. Nice. Yoltron, I'm going to see you in a few hours, you dirty boy. <laughs> Just kidding. You're a great guy. And then uh, Keizo, he's got a lot of stuff out, too. He's got the dog pound or something. But it's these four big artists.com is actually Marshmallow, too. Oh, gotcha, okay. Dot okay. com made another alias, put a bucket on his head. And that's Marshmallow. That's Marshmallow. Interesting, oh, gotcha. I wasn't aware of that. So people don't know about Dot com and Dot com's music. Uh-huh. Or the benches, but they know about Marshmallow. Yeah. And it, he doesn't care to cross-collaborate. Mm. Like, he does not care to say, I'm Dot com. Yeah. You know? Like, when he's Marshmallow, he's Marshmallow. You, it's you don't straight get up. It. Most people wouldn't be like, hey, Dot com. They'd be like, Marshmallow, that's what you look like? Yeah. You know, and when people like Porter Robinson, mm-hmm. he's Porter Robinson has a second name, also, well, a second DJ name called Virtual Self, and Virtual Self has different music than Porter Robinson. And it's funny because Porter Robinson will even do different music than Porter Robinson, technically. Like, he has a thing called a DJ set, and then... Porter Robinson, so it'll say Porter Robinson DJ set. Yeah. And then other times it says just Porter Robinson, and they're different shows in a sense. Mm-hmm. And would you say that's kind of a part of the genre too? It's it sounds like they do. You know, these artists will do lots of different accounts, lots of different accounts on Twitter, Instagram. Yep. They'll have yep. different names that they go by, different styles of music that they do. Yeah, I think it's one of the. I don't know. It's one of the things that we can do now. Yeah. Like we, me and Nick here and the other people in Blix10 made a song and posted it as an artist and we get 100% royalties, you know? Like yeah. we did that. Yeah. If we can do that, we can do it again. Right. And because it's easy enough for us to do it, I think professionals will be able to do it as a monetary choice, like a financial choice. Right. And I think some of them have like that sick do you ever hear of Datsik? No, um, I, I haven't. Have Dat, you? No, Datsik, he's another EDM artist. He's He was on tour with Excision for a while. and I know Excision. I think maybe Downlink too, but he's got sounds kind of like Excision. Okay. But he was about to go on tour with Space Jesus, another EDM artist. I heard artist. that one, yeah. yeah. I've shown you Space yeah. Jesus before because I, I was really digging him as soon as I found him. And they're doing great things. Like Space Jesus and all the people that sound like him, they got their own festivals going, like Wakan Festival. Like they're They're getting blown up. Anyway, what was I saying before that? (laughs) We were talking about Space Space Jesus and those other festivals that they've been doing. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. He was caught, or some girl did a thing and claimed rape or something. Anyways, oh. he got like sexual allegations. Oh. And at a Tulsa, Oklahoma or Tulsa, Arizona, something. Mm-hmm. And he decided to retire Datsik. And we were all like, oh, wow. Most people usually get this type of allegation and survive it because it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Or, or because it wasn't or true. It or it gets resolved false. or it's yeah. false or something. But instead, he... I, we're gonna not do anything else as Datsik anymore. Yeah, just shut it down. Shut, like, completely just shut just, down. Just kind of just put those allegations stopped in their tracks so it doesn't tarnish yeah. any, you know, future reputation in the future with anything else that he comes out with. Or? Yeah, but mm. then you Google Datsik and you can see on his post, like, he's got another name underneath. It says Grave Digger. 
grave digger. You huh. know? And it's like, okay, okay. And then there's this song called Rampage posted by Grave Digger. Hmm. And it's completely different from Dad Sick, but it's, you try to look up Grave Digger and it's just masked like some dude in a mask or whatever. Like it's kind of mysterious looking. Yeah. And it's like, probably okay, Dad Sick. So it's probably Dad Sick just hopping over because he got tired of one type of music or something you know yeah, yeah. it's just an avenue that we can take that's why i kind of want to do a, an avenue with blake's 10 you know what i'm saying yeah for sure well and yeah i think that's a great point like here in our modern day in this culture well yeah in, in our modern day life we have access to so much now we have the internet we've got screens everywhere we've got accounts that we can set up it within seconds and so it's true we really do have a lot of power at our fingertips even just your average person and walking around on the street. It's just like when the Beatles made their music. All they had was like a two track or something. You know, they had like bare Oh, oh yeah, you know, they had analog recording. Digital wasn't even minimal. a you know, concept back then. I mean, like they had different ways of experimenting with music and different sounds. Like, you know, with um, Here Comes the Sun, that was one of the first songs to be popular. They used the instrument called Moog, yeah. you know, which is a, like the, a type of synthesizer. Yeah, yeah. The, mm. yeah. And it's just crazy because they had so few equipment available, so much less to use than what we currently own. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all probably currently own a collaborative amount of software and hardware to create these things yeah. and post them globally. Right. If we just do it. Yeah. And it's not just those who are doing it, it's those who do it well, who are excelling. Well, same thing could be said of podcasts, and, and we talked about it yep. before this episode today. Like, there's podcasts, and then there's podcasters. Yeah. Depending on the quality and how what people are talking about, that's what makes one podcast more popular than another. And I think the same could the same thing could be said of EDM. You know, there's a reason these popular artists are popular. Yeah. yeah. There's some type of influence that's, like, leaning this way. Like, a, probably two years ago, Chainsmokers. Mm. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they were everywhere. Came and they had scene. their song Closer with your girlfriend back in Boulder. You know? <laughs> we ain't ever get... And you can already hear those little... Yeah. Like, you just hear it. And it's just like, man, they nailed it. And then they released their next album. I wasn't a fan. You mm. know, like the New York stuff. And then the album after that, I was like... Right, <sighs> yeah. Didn't have the same... Sorry, guys. Same you energy. know, like, I... And then saw them live. And they went hard. <laughs> and I was like, hold up, you guys just went hard, and your music isn't sounding hard. Yeah. And then I look up their SoundCloud set, they're going hard. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, these guys are really good live. Mm. But their albums aren't doing so great, yeah. you know? Yeah, there are lots of artists where you listen to their stuff, you know, on the internet or on a CD or whatever, and, you know, you're like, it's like, yeah, it's okay, but then you go see them live, it's like, oh my gosh, this music was meant to be heard live. I actually experienced that about a month ago. I went to go see Breaking Benjamin, yep, yep. and Chevelle was with them. I've never been a really big fan of Chevelle. It's like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're good, but, I never, but hearing them live, oh my gosh. They grasped you. Oh, I know, I was like, oh my gosh, this, this music is not meant to be heard digitally. <laughs> It's meant for live performances. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> and I think that goes a lot with a lot of, you know, EDM music because, you know, you're supposed to hear it live. And it's so different because I could tell you Porter Robinson, but I can't tell you Porter Robinson, you know? Yeah. I pulled up his album earlier, started playing a song. I didn't control it. Boom, whole body chills, you know? Yeah. Like, 
I hadn't heard that album in a while. Play one first part of the one song and it's like instant chills. And it's like, okay, who's got the power to do that? Yeah. Like this guy does. Do I want other people to see and experience what I just did? Heck yeah. Like listen to the world's album by Porter Robinson. Yeah, which- From start to finish. And then, I don't know, try to see him live. I try to look up videos of him live and there's not that many, like they're not the greatest, but if you see him live, like, and you get to see when he comes out and like the feeling of, oh, is he gonna come out yet? And then he comes out and it's like, oh, all the lights and everything. And it's just like, it's so much. And then he leaves and you're like crying and you don't know why you're crying, but you're crying cause he's leaving. And it's like, <laughs> I've seen him three times, cried three times. Like, it was incredible. Yeah, it just hits you in a way that you could never experience, yeah. you know, just at home. And it's yeah. like, I don't just cry, you know? Like, I can go for a while without crying. But like, you pull that song out, like, ah, we depend on you, like, Sad Machine. I just tear up. And it's called Sad Machine. Like, his song is called Sad Machine. <laughs> Makes him <laughs> <And> cry. <laughs> as soon as it hits that part of that set, like, I hear those little twinkles of Sad Machine, and I just, like, start tearing up, and it's like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it shouldn't be happening. I'm at a rave. I, there's tons of people everywhere. And then you look around, other people are crying, too. And it's like, wow. <laughs> well, this is cool. McKay, he, he told uh, Nick and I to listen to the album Worlds by Porter Robinson yep. before this episode today and yeah it was an amazing episode and I feel like it is a really good take on what EDM music is about right now like yep. you've got aspects of everything we've been talking about and yeah it was, it was cool to listen to that album and it gave me perspective for what we're talking about. I remember he was it was some podcast or some interview he was Porter Robinson was speaking and he was talking about when he made the album and he had quite a lot of collaborative effort. He had some people in Japan. He had about a team in Japan that was helping create this anime type of thing for the visuals. Cause if you see it live, you'll see it's a, it's a movie. I've seen it three times, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and I cried every time and all the work that was put into it is incredible. He pointed out the one song, Lionhearted. He said that song alone was probably 300 man hours. Wow, just wow. to make it. Just to make Lionhearted, which is probably, I don't know, three minutes, 29 seconds. It's like- Yeah, the amount of effort and, yeah. and time and creativity. 300 um, man hours. Into, like, into like four and a half minutes. I don't know, three and a half, yeah. And that's just for one of those songs on the album. Well, that's why Nick and I love talking about music so much, why we started this podcast and everything. Like, we feel, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but music just takes you so far above everyday yeah. life sometimes, you know? Yeah, and it's, for me, it's not also just listening to the music you know, and having fun with it, but it's also the reason why the people are creating it and the, the lyrics and the effort and, you know, and the sounds. Just when you put all that in together and mix it, it's just, it's a whole different experience that you'll never get anywhere else. And that's, I, I think you really hit it right on the head. You know, you're not taking, shoving words of my mouth. I think you're taking them out of my mouth. That's exactly how I feel. And that's why we wanted to start this podcast. So it was to learn about other genres that we may not know nothing about. I, EDM is probably one of those genres I know nothing really about. I maybe know a handful of songs and that's about it. I don't think I even knew that many names, but. Thick with two C's. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh well, yeah, and, and music is just reflection and meditation and I don't know, it, it's just always a pleasure to talk about it. And I don't know, as we start kind of wrapping up this episode, is there anything else that you would want to leave people with? Uh, well, I got a long list of people I got to shout out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... If I want to even try to do justice for EDM, let me try to just do a quick shout out. Yeah. I'll yeah, try to shout out a few. Okay. Shout out Quicks. You're awesome. Shout out San Holo. You're awesome. Shout out Porter Robinson, Virtual (laughs) Self. You're so great. Shout out Avicii. Miss you. Shout out Audien. Seen you live quite a few times. You're the bomb. Shout out Asadi. Asadi is amazing. He plays on the 4x4 drum pad. Oh, I saw him live at like, Get Freaky a few years ago. That was one of my most favorite concert experiences ever. Because he was playing the entire thing. And it was leaned forward, and he was up next to the rail. Yeah, so you actually get to see what he's doing. Oh, wow. He was handing out waters to us. <laughs> like That would be... It was so intimate. And it was... The cool, it was Persian trap music. Yeah, quite the experience. So it's a little different, but man, like it was incredible. Like so, shout out Asadi. You got you got things going. Keep them going. Alice in Wonderland. Yes, you're yes. You're doing great. <laughs> I love your Twitter. Everything's great. Adventure Club. You guys are so great. I love all your mixes on SoundCloud. Let's do a few more. Dead Mouse. Seeing you live. It's great. Daft Punk, you guys are legends. Thanks for bringing us these musics. Datsik, I think you turned into Gravedigger, but I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I I respect it if you did. I need to shout out Lewis the Child. Lewis the Child is incredible. They, it's a two-man group and they're pretty young. They're like 21, 22 now maybe. But they make some great tunes. DJ Snake, you're awesome. Don Diablo, you're awesome. E. Cali. Uh, glitch mob? Glitch mob, of course. <laughs> I do need to set some time aside for Ecali though. I have special respect for Ecali. He's got his awakening mixes on SoundCloud. They're something else. Like they're they're gifts, okay. And if everyone could listen to them, they're amazing. Eptic, I've seen you live. You're awesome. Eprom, I love what you do to music. Excision. You rock. <laughs> <laughs> they do rock, man. They go All right, hard. let's just get a couple more now. Okay, fine. Flux Pavilion, you're <laughs> awesome. Flume, you're awesome. Feed oh, me. Oh, Flume, yeah. I've seen you. You're so great. Uh, G. Jones, I... Uh... I can't get through all these. Space yeah. Jesus, J-Wolf, Jaws, Kaiwachi. <laughs> I'm going to see you live someday. I have missed you every time, but Kaiwachi, I will see you. Space Jesus, you're the greatest kid. I've met you. You're awesome. Louis Fouton, I met you too. You're pretty dope. I want you to keep going. Knife Party, you're so great. Liquid Stranger, thanks for giving us the Infinity album. That was one of the greatest things ever given on Earth. Have you guys heard the Infinity album? No, I'm not. So, Liquid Stranger, he posts a 30-song album. Wow. Out of nowhere. Each song was just, like, fully produced and perfect. Like, it was a beautiful album, and each song was great, and 30 of them. And I was like, that's such a gift. <laughs> Thanks, man. You you deserve... Well, and as you guys can tell, yes. McKay Has could many, go on all day. I could. Like, th- like, this shout is... out Marshmallow. You're the greatest. <laughs> this, this I know your dot com. We wanted to talk about this with him today. Like, he really... And he put together so much. Like, he did so much research just for this episode. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah, like and a it's lot. possible we may have to do another episode just to grasp yeah, I would love 
lot more to. stuff that we have to cover. It was supposed to be a, like a 15-parter. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Part. Hey, 15 parts, I'm, I'm down with it. You've heard it a million times, but that's because it's worth it. I engrave stuff. Need something engraved? I engrave stuff. Need some gifts for holidays and birthdays that are actually cool and can be totally personalized to your liking? I engrave stuff. Check out their social medias. I see an Instagram giveaway very often, and they're actually legit. Connect by going to iengravestuff.com. Another thing they have is an engraving service. If you have a thermos or a bottle or a baseball glove or anything you can think of, all you have to do is get in touch with the awfully friendly people from iengravestuff.com, and one of their laser experts can get an estimate to you. It's super simple, and they work hard to make it easy to explore your engraving ideas. And if you go to iengravestuff.com and you're shopping, be sure to type in TP10 in all caps in the promo code box at checkout. That'll get you 10% off. Check out iengravestuff today. Yay! But yeah, we thank you so much again. Before we kind of close out here, is there any like last minute uh, things you want to say about EDM? And then we also would love for you to tell people where you can, where they can find you and follow you. Well, yeah, have I'd at say it. if people, if you don't want to be part of the rave culture, don't. Like, you don't have to be. But let those people who found it and it is their new, I don't know, light at the end of the tunnel, let it be their light at the end of the tunnel. They need it and just let them. Hmm. Because in time, they'll realize where better things are. Yeah. But if that's where it is for them right now, let them. Like, it's a great time. You learn a lot. But... Have fun. Like, be safe. That's always. Have fun, be safe. I say that to everyone. It's just the mainstays. And if you... I'll say my socials and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and we'll link them down in our description, too. Cool. Well, you can go to my website, please. It's iengravestuff.com. I'll engrave whatever you like. We can do a lot of wood. We can do cutting boards. I'm getting good enough to do photorealistic engravings. Yeah, proof of that is sitting right here next to me on this uh, water bottle. Yeah, we can... I put my face on a tortilla. (laughs) I put my face... I took a picture of myself, put it on a piece of wood. There's a fandom that you're crazy about, Star Wars... I'll try not to get Star Trek or things like that. You know, you can put them on a piece of wood and things like that. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can check out at MakeWoodyDrum. That's my personal one. Or you can go to at IEngraveStuff or at Blix10Official. I also run that one. I also have two other pages, but I won't mention those. Go to IEngraveStuff.com. Order stuff now. Get it for holidays. Blow up our Instagram page. Do whatever you want. You can watch all our stuff on YouTube. We got a bunch of Instagram videos and photos, and we're we're making stuff happen. And support us. Thanks. <laughs> well, and McKay definitely is. And and we we normally leave off the end of every episode with lyrics from a favorite song. In this case, it will be McKay's song. Yes, sir. I chose a beautiful original by the none other than Port. Robinson. It's from Sad Machine. Uh, that's the title of the song. The one that I yeah I, I cried about. Yeah. And this is usually the lyrics I cried to. <laughs> and it says, and though I know since you've awakened her again, she depends on you. She depends on you. She'll go alone and never speak of this again. We depend on you. We depend on you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.